Welcome to Drinking Bros Sports, brought to you by KillCliffCBD.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Welcome to Drinking Bros Sports, kids. I'm taking over the MMA show. Uh, for one reason, one reason only. It's Conor McGregor. It's the, it's the sexiest night of the year in the UFC when McGregor fights. And we've got the best color man. Am I allowed to say that? Color man? You can say whatever you goddamn well, please. In, in the biz, Jonathan Reginald Anik on the show. I don't think Reginald is your middle name, is it? It sounds better than Matthew, though, doesn't it? No, John Matthew, <laughs> that's a biblical name. What's it, your problem? You don't like the fucking Bible? You know, it's funny you say that, because in broadcasting school, they tried to make me Jonathan Matthews and no longer John Anik. They didn't like the way my name yeah. sounded. And That happens uh, a lot with uh, people actors. with common names and actors. Well, some of it's SAG. Like, you have to register with SAG, and if somebody's ever got your name, you can't use that name. Name, yeah, kind of fucked up because that's your name. You right. know what mine was? Ross Vegas. My manager was like, "Dude, Ross Patterson just sounds too white and boring." And he goes, "Ross Vegas already sounds like it's it's in lights." Ross Vegas it sounds. Does, like, Ross Vegas sounds like a guy who's uh, singing at fucking weddings in the Midwest. Yeah, on the yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, too late to change his name to Ross Vegas. I like. It's never I, I am in late. for this. <laughs> it sounds too, too much like Las Vegas. That's the only issue. Yeah. But right, right. Well, that's you're, that was the point. I have to say, your energy is so goddamn infectious it's, you know that's why i'm here i it's, mean i love dano don't get me wrong no my dan's fine but it's <laughs> funny because i'm on 60 milligrams of adderall and this is still my level of energy <laughs> so you're not getting much out of me yeah i was gonna say dan didn't get you like hyped up for <laughs> yeah, i was just saying if i knew i could go home with some adderall i would have come here a lot <laughs> oh we got plenty we got plenty my man we got plenty uh giorgio and uh and, and delco dan i appreciate you guys uh letting us interrupt your mma show john last time you were on um I feel like the MMA world has changed so much that, especially with the ESPN Plus deal, um, that we had to bring in two like actual people who know, like the dirty, down, like right. fucking Dagestani people well, that you know Dan and I don't know about. So one of the things that has been said to me a bunch by the people who like the external fighting organizations, Triller, the Paul Brothers, whomever else, is that it's bringing new eyeballs to the sport. And that most of the people in the public talking about the sport don't know what the fuck they're talking about right now. There's like a there's a handful of people. Yourself, Joe. Uh, you know, obviously the guys who have actually fought know these dicks. Uh, this one has actually fought as well. But you know, it's I, I feel like it's few and far between people that know can can explain to uh, not just people who know the sport, I guess, but people who can explain the technical aspects of the sport to somebody who's watching as a casual fan yeah. and make that exciting for them. Cause that's how you make a new fan, right? Yeah, no, I think so. I mean, certainly our sport for a lot of people is hard to understand and I am not a lifelong martial artist. I would defer to this guy with the uh, shiner and the cauliflower ear every day of the week. But, yeah. um, but I think the ESPN deal to your point has sort of brought us into households that we just were not in. And you couple that with a global pandemic and there are just so many people who were not watching this sport who are now watching it. Like it has changed so much to your point since I was last with you guys. It's effectively changed forever and for the better, right? Like it has passed the NHL. Like there were times mm -hmm. I sat down with you guys years ago, we were saying, eh, you know, mm -hmm. hoping to crack that big four. Like, sorry to the puckheads out there. But yeah, yeah, you know, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's, there's a so uh yeah, man. But so even you even that? your social media, all all of it has changed. Like yeah. your podcast. Like, dude, in my opinion, you have the best MMA podcast in the biz, well, you thanks. and Florian. Um, but since then, because we we had chatted few years ago right. at this point about like what you're going to do with that what you're going to do with social media everything else yeah i looked at your numbers walking in today and i was like holy shit dude like 
it's grown the way it should because you're the best in the business doing it. Well, thanks. I mean, when Joe Rogan's your broadcast partner, it doesn't hurt, right? You know, it gives you a little boost, you know. But no, it's been good. It's been, uh, you know, it's fun to uh, to sort of grow with the sport, right? I aligned myself to the sport back in 2009. So it's very gratifying to see it evolve in this manner and uh, to be along for the ride is great. I mean, I was in Bristol, Connecticut at ESPN fighting for mixed martial arts in 2007 and getting doors slammed in our faces and people laughing at us right mm. and then you fast forward 10 years or so and they got a goddamn licensing deal so did you uh, in 2009 i called my first bellator fight no not okay so. and then when did you come over to the ufc officially 2011 so. okay so that's like ufc like 150s around then yeah i think uh maybe 137 I but think like you own. you remember like the the weird cities and the weird towns and like just the the very like fundamental martial artist aspect of it still at that point in time it was still filled with different specialists it was going, yeah. like it was a, a global sport at that point but you were finding like the very best and like the gyms from different countries mm. and they were coming over and testing it against like basically the the, the ground and pound wrestlers of, of that era per se the right. Randy Couture's like yeah. and are seeing you, like who could we find across the world to challenge them yeah. in a way and are you saying that there's more generalist now than before are people becoming more less specialized it's compl- it's almost completely generalist I mean explain uh, that to the audience Leon, Leon Edwards in particular is someone who, who is an amazing uh, 170 pounder right now but it's like only trained MMA his entire life he never trained one discipline as a kid or one to two disciplines right. and then transitioned on into another like in your late 20s and most of the time, Joe says this specifically, you can't learn these muscle movements and these muscle developments unless you start it so young. So like starting a new art at 20 years old is is, is completely new Tough, and completely yeah. different. It's yeah. like how quickly can you catch up? Which again, you know, leading into the, the, the Greg Hardy fight later on today, you see these super athletes coming over mm-hmm. from different sports. And it's like how quickly can you transition There's a ceiling to on his capability and in, in professional fighting. That's just how it is, right? If starting that late in your life, there's going to yeah. be a ceiling. Well, right. Like Walt Harris is another heavyweight mm-hmm. who at times is compared to Greg Hardy. Like Walt Harris grew up a striker, like a mm-hmm. martial artist. Greg Hardy came into this with nothing. But you make a good point. I mean, submission offense is sort of a lost star. Like there are a lot of fighters on our roster who you can't submit. Like there's submission mission defense is airtight um but they couldn't necessarily talk you through what they're doing defensively and they certainly couldn't put you in that show submission defense and takedown defense those are the first two things i think as a striker coming into it which is fundamentally the majority of people's background coming in Mm -hmm. mma striking you learn those two things right away like if you want to try to compete at like you know the the high amateur level the early professional level and some of the smaller organizations you gotta have those two things and if you're good on your feet and you can keep it there you can go pretty do you far. Think, do you think being a generalist from the beginning, though, is prohibitive in becoming uh, elite at one of the three major aspects? Like That's a key question. Does, does Conor McGregor become Conor McGregor with that left hand if he grows up just doing mixed martial arts his whole life? I mean, that's the key question we're going to see over the next generation. Over the next 10 years, we're going to see what's next for right. the, for the, for these fighters. Uh, what were you going to say, Dan? Like good at everything, not great, but not at, great anything. at anything. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's going to make – I mean, that, that will make fights boring, frankly. If, if people are that good at takedown defense, people aren't doing takedown. Well, okay, that, that, I mean, that just leads me into my Donnerher uh, question right away. Mm-hmm. I was going to save this for the end, but Gary Tonin's a guy, and then you see uh, Gordon Ryan, someone who uh, they're over at 1FC, which is a different organization. I guys don't like to comment on that that much, but um, the, the heel hooks, the leg locks, like they're just tearing through guys. The little it's, stuff, man. And, but it's, 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 it's fundamentals. And fundamentals it's, a, yeah. it's a system. It's a system that Donaher has described, and he's taking this jujitsu game and he's beating MMA guys with it. And like you know, one FC doesn't necessarily have the best guys out. This showcase the sport as right. best, but he's kind of like 
beating the system in a way. Yeah. So I want to. I, I want to wonder oh, what, what you think. If of I that. could get one guy in the UFC that's not on the roster, mm. it, it's Gary Tonin. I mean, I just I love watching that guy fight. There's no doubt about it. And I think obviously his game would translate uh, with the elite of that division. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, you, you got a guy in Ryan Hall this weekend who's not necessarily a total point of comparison with Gary Tonin. Um, and I think Ryan Hall would take great exception to people knocking his striking too. Um, <laughs> but he's definitely a guy who people classify as a specialist. And when it comes to all the different variations of the leg locks and the heel hooks, uh, last guy in the world I'd want to fight. Well, so. Everybody knows you're a Boston Red Sox fans to your point, the money bullshit that was developed in Oakland, right? That right. whole concept. Once it got mapped onto the Boston Red Sox, they became dominant for a good, what, six or seven years before everybody else really caught up. I mean, they didn't win every single year. They won two World Series, but they were dominant. Well, the analytical look towards the sport. Yeah. So it's like when you take... Quantifying it. it, If his... Exactly. If his theory is correct and you map that onto the best athletes in the UFC, then it it becomes a movement, right? Like everything changes at that point. It's a new thing that people learn. Like, oh shit, this is something new you could do. It's not really new. MMA is still the wild, wild west to me. Like Mm -hmm. Joe said that fighting has evolved more in the last 20 years than it has in the last 2000 years. And I completely agree with that because no one did these different styles. And now we're learning like, like exponentially learning, compounding everything and developing this sport. So it's like the specialist guys, I feel like move the area farther here. So now you have to learn to defense to these new techniques or you can't, attack certain ways in the same way almost the low the low calf kick is kind of changing things yep. a little bit like you don't see the uh heavy front foot as much mm. it's kind of it's the counter to the traditional boxing stance almost like uh, what do you think about that as far as like the, the evolution of the sport as well? yeah well we have a guy competing this weekend drake is duplessis and he's, he's a south african guy two division champion in south africa and it remains to be seen just how good he is but he looked into our zoom meeting yesterday and he's like you people haven't seen the south african style he didn't want to get into too many details as to the layers and the the striking and different things, but he believes nationalistically that all these places that Americans in a broad generalizing way have a style. And I do think there's some truth to that. So even in this era of generalists and kids whose parents are having them train mixed martial arts, by the way, I think a lot of those parents too are going to have their kids wrestling. So I don't, I I still think you're going to have kids who are, are entering their striking, but they're still wrestlers you know so i don't worry too much about that but oh we're just getting going man we are just getting going you know it's the calf kick now and there will be another trend later and uh you know well i mean when you can see it on television right more and more and more of it um because back in the day you could only see one event kind of here and there right if you had pay-per-view if, if your buddy had it now that it's on espn and then you have a big card like mcgregor but then you have these other cards that are just on espn plus right it's bringing in more and more people to the sport and it's like soccer for soccer moms where they're like, oh, the women's team just won the the, yeah. the world title. Let's put my kids in soccer. Now they're going to be putting them in wrestling and MMA and all that other stuff because they're seeing it at, at a younger age and they're seeing a lot more of it. And it's on TV every single Saturday. Every now. goddamn Saturday. I mean, that's the rub, really. 41 of 52 Saturdays. And Islam Akashev is headlining our show next weekend. And there are a lot of people in this room who are acutely aware of just how good that guy <laughs> is. Aware. Might be the best lightweight in the world. Yeah. Right? literally might be the number one lightweight in the world and would probably be favored um, 
to beat at least one of the guys this weekend. If you not could both. say he's top five. <laughs> I don't know if you can say he's number one in the world. He's been tested. This pre number fair one enough. Right I mean, now. certainly, of course, in I terms mean, of the strength that, of schedule. That's an age-old debate, like talent again, versus performance, right? I mean, we'll it's see. very disrespectful to Dustin Poirier in the run that he's been yeah, on. And I was wanting which to we say need to talk later, about. But like, if you yeah. if you go down the list of the people that he's beaten, no the doubt. champions that that man has beaten, no doubt. Just, but I'm just talking about his Dustin's ability to beat Islam Akashev in two days, right? Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. That's all. But I'm just saying, like, for people. People who are ingesting this stuff the way they are. Oh, Conor McGregor is a tough act to follow, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But, dude, we got another live event July 17th. And in the summer, when not a lot's going on, um, we're always there. Because of this rapid evolution, are we going to see somebody that's dominant for five or six years at a time again? Like in baseball, for example. Albert Pujols was the best hitter in baseball for 10, 15 years, maybe. Probably probably 12. Mike Trout's been the best hitter in baseball for a while now. Maybe Otani is about to eclipse him. We'll see. Right. Uh, he's losing his fucking mind right now. Same thing happens in football. Tom Brady's been the best for fucking 22 years. Yeah. Or whatever. However long that shit's been. Uh, basketball LeBron's been the best. Katie's on his heels. Maybe he's overtaken him. But for 12 to 15 years, the longest run I remember in UFC is, is Silva, right? Andy? Andy he still has the defenses. record, yes. He has the so, most consecutive I don't think anybody wins. does that again. Is he also the longest title held as well? Yeah. Demetrius, I think, came Was it up like five and short. a half years? Um, or yeah, like four and a half. Yeah, because by the half. time Habib got to the title, he, you know, yeah, he only fought. He only fought four times. Only, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the knock on Habib in terms of being the greatest of all time, which is not a conversation I want to have necessarily today. But he didn't have the title defenses. Like, would, would you be willing to come on and have that conversation? With anytime. Him? Yeah. Oh, wow. You guys I think want, we have John hey, locked in on that, so we're gonna have him next. It's a verbal, yeah, it's a verbal contract. <laughs> I don't think he's done. I still don't think he's in a non-McGregor fight week. I'll give you all the time in the world that you want. But Kamara Usman, right? Yeah. Yep. Yes. He's is, stepping into the that you know, lane I right now. I get asked the Mount Rushmore of MMA question constantly. And a lot of people don't want to have the pound for pound conversation. They don't want to have the greatest of all time conversation because a lot of these fighters are smack dab in the middle of their prime. Right. And I don't mind having those conversations. But don't ask me to build a mountain of four fighters and not include Kamar Usman right now. Mm. You know? Yeah. So. Uh, well, look, I'm here for the sex <laughs> element of yeah, it, right. uh, which we'll get into first before we get into the, the cards um, themselves, the uh, the main event, and then the undercard, obviously, and we're both on DraftKings, uh, that, that tip. So yes. I'll, I'll go ahead and give an ad read before that, but let's get into the sex element of it, which is why I'm here. <laughs> okay? McGregor yes. always brings me out. This is my fourth time I've seen McGregor yeah. because I know it's going to be a fucking party. I know it's going to be a fucking spectacle. Yeah. Shit's going to get out of control. Especially if he wins. Can you confirm that Donald Trump is going to be there Saturday yes. night? Okay, so Donald Trump will be there. Is yes. he next to Dana White? In the vicinity, I would think, but I don't have those details. But yes, he'll be in the. Is building. he fighting okay. anybody? I, 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 <laughs> hey, you just never know. That would be great if he like stepped into the ring. He'll be ready. All right, sex-wise, number two question, okay? Because that's the number one okay. sexiest story, celebrity-wise. Drake. There is a rumor that Drake is bringing out Conor McGregor and dropping an album this weekend. Can you confirm any of that? I cannot confirm that. that Whoa, was, that, that was, was a lie. real low voice. And, uh, I cannot confirm that. I why did you give me like the against the wall, like on a playground? Like, hey, did you make out with her? Nah, dude, I, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Well, don't. here's the thing. So I that is not in my television format at all right now. Mm. Um, but that doesn't mean they wouldn't keep that detail from me and add it later. So. Uh, I'm like the last line of defense. So you like Spider-Man, the kid from Spider-Man during the Avengers movies, whatever. Tom whatever, Holland. Tom Holland. Yeah. They, they had to hide the script from him because he couldn't stop telling people what was going to yeah, happen. Right. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, uh, there are things that, uh, yeah. 
there's a lot of different things planned, and I'm glad you guys are going to be in the building. So. <laughs> it's very diplomatic, John. Thanks. I don't think I've ever seen you skirt an answer before. Um, I truly know nothing about the Drake thing. It just sort of opened my eyes to the fact that I'm probably getting a new format tomorrow night. You've seen him. I don't, you post the pictures on Instagram every now and again of the fucking uh, three by five cards. Right. Where you write all your notes. Uh, this dude's like the fucking Rain Man over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so uh, him not knowing if Drake's yeah. gonna be there—that's crazy to me. Not also, if that is true though, that's gonna affect the lines because of the Drake curse. Every time Drake, yes, like yeah, latches onto one. something, whenever well, he, no, but whenever he over. latches onto something that's not Toronto, they lose. Yeah, yeah Johnny Menzel was pretty bad. That was pretty pretty bad. L. Yeah, because look, if Drake, I, I don't think you could blame Johnny Menzel's career on Drake. Okay, I'm, yeah, you can't. I'm gonna do that. I'll do that. Okay, I'll do that. Right the now, undefeated, had nothing to do with cocaine. It the, was all Drake. The undefeated Kentucky team that lost to Wisconsin, Drake was on that team. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was on that bandwagon. Um, uh, he's, he was also in a wheelchair for a TV show. Yeah, wheelchair. Well, look, so, people I mean, respect on the grass. Does wheelchair he have wheelchair TV access to the fight? Can you that's confirm it. that? I, I do not have the answer to that, Ross. I'm just saying it's what wheelchair if, Jimmy. What if Why would you not give him wheelchair I, I, access? Uh, we're aligned on that. What if he came in the character's wheelchair, Jimmy? Uh, I would love if he just wheeled out in front of McGregor. I mean, just two hand in it, and they had a, like a Britney Spears mic mm. on it, and just started yeah. going off in a certified yeah. Lover Boy, the new album that's probably dropping Saturday night. Saturday. It would be amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, lastly, sex wise, here, yes. um, big weekend. Obviously, your uh, co-host Rogan is uh, is doing uh, two shows back to back. with uh, Dave yeah. Chappelle. I heard Dave Chappelle is going to be in the building, and then, uh, but there's a, another big superstar that's here this Who weekend. Who we got? Beebs. Garth. Motherfucking Brooks oh, is performing Saturday night. I think you mean Chris Gaines, actually. No, Chris Gaines is not here. We've not <laughs> seen Chris Gaines. Garth Brooks is performing Saturday night. The rumor is he has pushed his show until after McGregor ends. So for the locals wow. that are here in Vegas, he'll be backstage watching the show as soon as, I mean, uh, the fight, as soon as that's over, then he'll go on stage. He's still, whether you like it or not, the biggest, I would say, touring artist in the world. And yeah, far be it from Garth Brooks to counter program UFC 264. That's nice of him to huge, back well, up I mean, the show. That'd be a huge mistake on his part. Like, it would. I, yeah, you, can, you, yeah. you can't. You like, can see Garth tomorrow and uh, you can see him. You can see him Sunday too, probably, right? Yeah, some he are suggesting that. No, it's just Saturday night. That's it. So he's only here one night. Yes. He doesn't have a residence here still? No, no. So with COVID and everything, he's Ooh. doing tours. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's a, it's a crazy show because uh, much like Pink, he's strapped to wires. Seeing his fat ass flying above the crowd <laughs> in an arena around the yeah. greatest even, thing of all time. I don't yeah. even want to hear him sing or perform anymore. I just wanted to walk, go down to Gordon Ramsay's steak and watch him eat. <laughs> yeah, for like ninety yeah. minutes. Yeah. Just watch him and his wife eat. I pay for that. Nice I pay game. a lot of money for that. Oh, him and Trisha Yearwood just back in the kitchen, yeah. just more butter. <laughs> <laughs> They're getting served by the ra old racist Southern lady. What's her name? That uh oh yeah yeah yeah. What's her name? Bring her out, Paula. Paula, Paula, Paula Dean. Dean. Bring her out of retirement and get her in there, dude. I can't remember people's names. I just remember how racist they are. <laughs> More butter. <laughs> um, look, since we're both on DraftKings, we'll get into the card here in a second. I'll, I'll read this uh, one quick ad, real quick, uh, and then we'll be on our way. And you guys can make the picks. I go by heart on this, so you know where I'm going with this. I'm going fucking bowl of Lucky Charms all goddamn day on this are. shit. Of course I am. Uh, McGregor versus Poirier 3 is set for UFC Charms. 264. Every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this week's fight, DraftKings is offering all customers a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, which we'll do in a second. Probably not John. 
Probably not John. You'll give his opinion, but I don't think you're allowed to pick, correct? That is accurate. Yes. Uh, Stand on the salary cap, pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about uh, NBA playoffs tonight. I, I went all in on uh, the Bucks money line. Uh, plus 275. NHL is now over. Congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, DraftKings is safe and secure and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. McGregor Poirier rubber match. Get in on the action now. Download the DraftKings app. Use the promo code BROS for your shot at millions in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code BROS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Giorgio, let's let's start Ross, with the. Uh, I mean, I'm going to continue this cards. ad. I'm going to continue this ad. Go ahead. Go ahead and follow me at Just Giorgio and Dan over at Dan Register. You're going to see our picks. Yeah. We're going to play. We're going to play some UFC fantasy. Yes. This week. Yes. We're going yes, yes. to pick our lineups from these cards and see see what goes after. You can be on my team. You can be on Dan's team. But uh, this is going to be a pretty fun weekend. So let's start with the first fights. Who do you uh, got? I'm going to throw it over to Dan. What are we doing? What do you mean, we're first doing, fight? Uh, prelims first, right? Prelims or yeah, we yeah we're going prelims, dude. Let's go prelims. All right, we got Anik in the fucking building. What, why wouldn't we do if prelims? I, I don't know on Adderall too. So good. not yet, not yet. But man, did my Friday night become a lot easier? Now. Yeah, I got. We we got some for building. you. Yeah, we got some for you. Uh, what do we got on the uh, the first prelim here? Trevor I'll, Giles. I want to. Uh, yeah. Dris- How do you say his name? Dreykus Duplessis. 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 Right? This is why knows. we have two other people God, in here you, for this shit, dude. Yeah, We're but, terrible at it. I just don't. Yeah. Terrible the names. He's the best at seeing these people's names of all time. Yes. I'm just the best at practicing. Well, I right. Guess, yeah. I just practice more than other people. It's not that I'm the best, right? And well, I appreciate the like best. the Rain Man designation, no. but it's actually just that I study i've right? seen your note cards you know dude yeah um, you look like john nash and and what's that a beautiful mind with fucking uh, uh numbers flying around uh, in your head yes like, uh, dude it's all over your garage you're i've seen your note cards it looks like yeah, it's in fucking braille the side of the they're so small it's shit. in braille yeah, i can barely read it too i'm getting <laughs> yeah. old now i gotta figure out a new system uh i like this fight we talked about the south african and sometimes for me i mentioned you guys off the air i'm so close to it that i sit down with this south african kid mm. who's like 17 and two and um he just gets me to buy in to such an extent. Obviously, Trevin Giles is the more known UFC quantity here, um, but I think it has the potential to be a really exciting fight. And uh, certainly for the South African who we just spoke about, uh, Duplessis, he just feels like he has a lot of things stylistically in his game that that uh, Giles has been um, subject to in the past. He got a good guillotine, which Giles has uh, fallen victim to a couple times. So. Uh, Good fight in, in a loaded division, 185 pounds. What do you guys think? It's got to be hard for you because you know these guys personally to make picks on a weekly basis like this. Like it's 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 great that you're actually calling the fights. And you can't make picks because you know yeah. these guys on a personal level. Therefore, your heart is going to probably yeah. be into certain people Chuck that, says that not the necessarily time. the odd makers are, are in all yeah. the time. Yeah. Chuck, for the main card, Chuck every single time he gambles on it too because he ha- likes to have fun. He, he picks four straight up, and then he goes with one heart bet, he says, every single time. Yeah, it's hard, right? I think for a lot of us, even in our minds, if we're not making a pick on the record, it's a constant battle of mm. heart versus head. But at this point, 10 years in, I have personal relationships in almost every fight, either some mm. training partner or coach. Or, uh, and once the fight begins, uh, it's pretty easy to tune well, you out. Know, all MMA that math never adds up. X that's, no, that's no, true. There's no transitive property no. in sports in general, right. ever, yeah. between two teams. So why would it be between two? Just because a guy gets guillotine from time to time doesn't mean this guy's guillotine is going to work. Although I do have to agree with that. I am going with uh, Duplessis on this one. I think uh, 
how where MMA used to be different styles and martial arts coming together and seeing now it's different regions and how they're adapting mm. the sports. Like you see a lot with what's coming out of Russia and coming out of Dagestan. It's very wrestling heavy. That's very like control and position heavy. And then you're seeing a lot of this, uh, uh, South uh, Eastern, uh, Southeast Asia, kickboxing, mm, yeah, Muay Thai yeah. stuff that's coming around, yep. uh, which is where I want to see. I think it's going to be a little different from the South African. I think uh, it's going to be pretty wild. Uh, and we get used to this American MMA, which right. is a lot of Western boxing, defend the takedown, score yep. the takedown, and then start a jiu-jitsu match, which it's, and it's kind of very linear mm. like that. And I think uh, these other countries are, are coming up with new game plans. And uh, yeah, I have to go to Wesley on this one. I like it. I like that one. I mean, if you, if I was betting baseball right now, and this was a pitcher who with a lesser God style, damn it, don't go back to baseball. Yeah, every no. fucking analogy. <laughs> no, it's, it's not baseball. Well, it makes sense. You <laughs> shut the fuck up. Anyways, uh, Jesus. If you uh, if you if there's a pitcher that has a different kind of style or he hasn't seen that lineup before, usually that person has the advantage. Yeah. Right. So that's who I bet on. So I think yep. that's a good bet. What's this the, is, what's this the is line? actually yeah, the, what is the line? It's the closest fight I think on the card. Uh, so it's essentially a pick 'em. Uh, Duplessis is a minor favorite at minus one eighteen. Uh, Giles, though, is minus one hundred six on DraftKings. So it's a it's a pick 'em. Mm. I'm going uh, with my heart. Yeah, I'm going to go with Giles. I think. Yeah, okay. fuck it. Are you going to pick a round two? Uh, Giles in the second because what the fuck is South African style? <laughs> it's Charlie's Theron, dude. That's what South African style is. And Elon Musk, what are you better? Than I'm going to go with John's heart. It's, it's I'm going to go with John's heart. I love it just because You're I love great. your heart. Yeah, my man. If no. there's a Chet Hanks picks, that's this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah this yeah. is the Chet Hanks. Pick. Yeah. I still am not sure who Chet Hanks is. Tom Hanks' son. He's the greatest rapper alive. White Boy Summer. Yes, that's but what's that's going what, on right that's now. Tom Hanks' son for real. Yes, yes. So not the other goofy one from the movies. Yeah, not, not the Colin. one who's bringing out Conor McGregor because that's Drake, and we learned right, that today right, from right. from so John Anik. It's also Tom Hanks' son. Yeah, Man, yeah. He's, he's been getting after it. <laughs> Shit, I had no idea. A lot two, of talent though. <laughs> hey, if you notice those wheelchair seating, it's always two. Yeah, so there's going to be one for Chet as well. He's like a wheelchair sidecar homework. for a smaller man in a wheelchair. Chet's going to be there in a wheelchair. Wheelchair sidecar is a good name for a band, by the way. <laughs> Who do we got in that second fight, Georgia? So we got Ryan Hall uh, versus Elia Taporia. Okay. Uh, line right now is Taporia minus 250. Ryan Hall plus 195. Ryan Hall, I'm going to take almost a two to one. Give me, give me Ryan Hall. I'm it's taking it, Ryan Hall as well. What is it, 240 plus 240? Uh, 195. So oh, 195. Two to one. So it's yeah. a two to one. You've got to be amped about this fight, Anik. Well, I'm excited because my podcast partner, Kenny Florian, is in Ryan Hall's mm -hmm. corner. So that's sort of at the forefront of my mind. But this Ilya Topuria, man, I'm telling you, born in 1997. Fucking Jesus. That's so what I was going to bring up. Um, so was I, yeah. A little He's young. But... This dude, man, like Vegas and the odds makers in general give too much respect to that O in the loss column, right? Oh, yeah. So you're paying, 0, yeah. if you like Topuria, you're paying a price already on this because he's undefeated. Mm. Um, but man, does he have an athletic advantage? I mean, Ryan Hall, obviously, we talked about a little bit earlier, outstanding jujitsu practitioner. He's allowed to add a lot of layers to his striking. His standing grappling has gotten better. Um, and in terms of just the IQ and the ability to adjust and adapt, that corner and that team is not one. One that I would want to bet against. Um, but Topuri is favored for a reason. He's a fucking problem, man. And a plus athlete in, in every sense. And he's got uh, a bunch of submissions himself as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. He'd be wise not to engage in that realm. We sat down with him this week and he said, uh, oh, I'm more than willing to engage there. I, I do not there's, think There's that different is. levels of black belt out there. Yeah, and I just, I, you know, I think he just feels like 
his strength might play a role mm. too on the ground. I don't know. I would, uh, I'd be very weary of engaging Ryan Hall on the floor at all. But. He's a little lower to the ground though, right? He's like two or three inches shorter, two and a half inches, I think, something like that. Does yeah, that, I don't. The numbers in front of me, but yeah, no. I mean, I mean, I'm sure Giorgio. Yeah, say a lot matter? of handicappers when they're even looking at a fight to begin with, they look at reach and age mm. before they even begin the rest of their cap. Mm. So, well, I want, I want to pause you there too. So, if he doesn't engage in jiu-jitsu, he wants to keep it standing, wants to keep into a position where he thinks he can dominate the fight. So, like that concept as a whole, like pausing from like going down the card real quick. Fighters trying to be in positions where they think they're going to win the fight versus being entertaining. Like, how, what are your thoughts on that? Because we get a lot of like yeah. boos at a lot of these live events right, yeah. from positions where like guys are winning, they're dominant, they might not be like trying to submit or go for anything, but the alternative yeah. man isn't doing anything either, right. and he can't do anything. Giorgio, so like, Giorgio almost almost fought the entire state of Arizona when they booed the Damian Maya fight. Mm. That crowd was that? awful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they made noise, right? But our yeah. Jacksonville, Florida crowd a few months prior was world's better. But it's Florida. we have a lot of fighters who sit down with us in these fighter meetings. And whether it's their UFC debut, oftentimes that's the case. Mm. They talk about entertaining and they talk about why they're there. And they keep coming back to being a crowd pleaser and entertaining the fans and fighting with a style we that, that will day. entertain. And it's refreshing to hear. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't prioritize prioritize winning but we have increasingly a lot of these athletes that they're coming here to put on is a fucking sport show force or is it price fighting first because me and dan often argue about this a little bit me and ross also yeah. always argue about this you and i argue about this every single what, day what, 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 what is it well i'll turn around on you and i would say kamara usman right now the most dangerous fight for him is who colby covington right now, you may not think that Colby Covington deserves it because he's already had that opportunity, right? Um, well, I meant they, they were even splitting rounds going into the, the, the final round and he got his jaw broken. So, I mean, if anyone deserves it, it's him. Also, when, when Dana close. pretty much says that someone's going to fight for the title, I don't believe it. So, Colby puts asses in seats. Let's just fuck well, right. And he's literally one of the best 15 fighters yeah. I've ever seen in my life, he's pound good. for pound. He's, he's unfucking good, believable. So, I guess in terms of answering the sport, the prize fighting is, well... You don't have a true bracket, right? We we could name Leon Edwards, Colby Covington, and if Stephen Thompson beats Gilbert That's Burns, then he's he can get a finish cons- tonight, and I think he might hop Colby. And all of that makes sense, you know. But yeah. uh, it's. You, you don't always control your own destiny. But and that's, that's also hard. up to the producers of UFC, right? To decide. Match by producers, I guess I mean Dana, but it's not just about finding out who the best fighter in that weight class is. This is entertainment, right? Otherwise, you wouldn't even be there. So why you're, there there to, you're there to make sure you and Joe are there to make sure people understand what's going on and can be entertained by it, not just to fill space. And that's right. why you're one of the best. You are. Well, thank you. Yeah. You're, you're memed around the me, world. But the fight fan in me. And that's right? what Giorgio like, grapples with, not to use. A yeah, pun. the fight fan in me uh, wants Kamara to fight the most dangerous right. slash most deserving guy. And I guess we have a few good options right now. I mean, I could certainly state a case for Leon Edwards, um, whom Dana White has said recently he needs to stay busy. So that would, in theory, yeah. Uh, yeah, he put him out of the title mix now. Um, but. I mean, who do you think Kamara thinks is the toughest fight? It's fucking Colby Covington. You know? yes. I'm not yeah. sure if Kamara even thinks about if somebody's a tough fight. He's been so dominant. I mean, the one time he did get checked, he literally broke the guy's jaw in the fifth round, right? Yeah. But I mean, he got hit with Gilbert a lot Burns, of bombs. He's, he's he him yeah. in the first yeah. in that fight. So, I mean, it, it, there are chinks in the armor. There are yeah. universes and scenarios where those fights went a little bit differently mm. and those, those millimeters and those seconds caught For up sure. with people. And... You know, you talk about being dominant for so long, like these football players or baseball players, but they can lose. 
For you know, sure, they yeah. might be able to lose during the, the the playoffs or the championships, but they can lose. I These never guys have to be perfect. Yeah, to I never be understood that dominant. about fighting either, though. I mean, like the idea of being—I guess—to be dominant, you have to because if you're, let's say, you're the champ right now, you get beat. When's the next time you get an opportunity for that? To like fight for the champion, it might be two or three fights down the road. It's not like you can come back and win the Super Bowl Years. next year, right? Yeah. So that's a fair point. That's how. Do, how so I, I think there's got to be more tolerance for losing. Yeah. In these fights, though. I mean, Colby. I agree. Colby's only had one fight since yeah. uh, the Usman fight, though. So like, why is get, that zero the at the end shot. of the record? Only two, three people in history have done it, right? Rocky Marciano, Mayweather, and fucking Khabib. Only three people have really done it and been dominant, won titles, and been undefeated. So I understand it's a goal to get to, but that can't be the measure for how good a fighter is. Somebody either never loses or they lose here now and again, right? That's how life is. Well, it's like, yeah, is, is it is the most winningest athlete or is it the best practitioner of the sport or the, the, the most right. like it's it, the yeah, yeah. most dominant competitive time? There are all these different critiques that we can try right. to quantify and all say the same thing. It's like, who really was the who best? Who was a better quarterback, Dan Marino or John Elway? But but like right? like back to, like to circle back to what we we're saying before. Like we have a belt, and I mean obviously it is an entertainment sport, and it's really nice to be entertaining. If you lose a fight, you can get bigger fights again if you are entertaining. Nate Diaz, for example. Uh, yeah. Corey Masvidal, for example. It doesn't matter if they win or lose their fights. I because think they, it definitely doesn't matter. More entertaining for Nate. outside the ring than they are inside the ring, mm -hmm. and. You know, I think sometimes that gets away from being the sport. I mean, Conor McGregor in specific, there are some antics that said we're a little outside of. Uh, it went a little overboard for a while there, right? And I feel like he's with more. We'll get to that later. I when think. he threw that handcart through Khabib's truck, yeah, was yeah. through bus. the bus, yeah. throwing water bottles. I didn't think it was far enough. I didn't think it was taken <laughs> yeah. far yeah. enough. Yeah. I think he should have got on the bus. Yeah. Uh, afterward, and then uh, and really informed people of what was going well, on. It was Why good for the promo video. Did he do that because he wanted to sell more tickets? Did he do that because he wanted to make more money? Or did he do that because he was angry at someone or wanted to prove that it's he was the best in his mind, that he was the greatest of all time? Like, yeah. it, it, in the athlete's mind, is it about the athletic sport of, sport of it all? And if it mm. becomes about the money, you know, is that just a ticking clock down to your retirement? It's hard. Uh, there are a lot of layers to what you guys are talking about. And uh, we're in an era right now where, thankfully, we have a lot of active champions, right? Mm -hmm. Israel Adesanya and Jan Blachowicz mm -hmm. putting these belts on the line, helping the promotion out, you know. But we've had a lot of champions ill-advisedly, like Jessica Andrade, mm -hmm. win the belt. And they're like, hey, can you go to China and fight Zhang Wei Li in like two and a half months? Yeah. Terrible decision, right? Yeah. Lost her belt, and then she's only the champion for a few months, you know? I think Francis Ngannou, when he just won the heavyweight title, what he needed to do was go to fucking Cameroon and celebrate with his people, mm. and if that means there's going to be an interim champion because, you know, he took a couple extra months, then so be it. But uh, what I think is the hardest thing promotionally is when you have champions who are hard to deal with and they only want to defend the belt maybe one time a year, mm. and then divisionally, it causes all these problems. You know? Again, yeah. if Conor McGregor wins here, how active of a champion would he be if, you know, he got a title fight after this? Well, he said he wants to fight again before the year's over. Right. He, he's been saying that a lot, but his record, I mean, his activity, you know, mm -hmm. Says something quite different. Well, he came back. Well, this fight I will say too. though, you know, he said before the Donald Cerrone fight in January of 2020, this is going to be McGregor fighting season. And then there was a global pandemic. Mm. That's why he wasn't more active in 2020. I know there have been boxing offers that have been lurking, but he's didn't in line. Kevin Holland fight five fights in 2020. 
other issues. I, you I, had I, that I are way above your pay grade. Know, you know, I'm, I'm no idea, bro. I'm being very cheeky when I say I mean, there's a lot of yeah. getting into different nations. I'm not even yeah, going to no, get into no, it. No, no, right. It goes yeah. way beyond <laughs> Kevin fucking Hall. I can assure you that Conor McGregor wants to compete and be in an active competition cycle. And in his mind, the hard thing is like he's become too big, right? So... Like in a like, I think he would have fought four times this year. You yeah. know, it'll be very telling what happens this weekend. But it's, it's like the presidential motorcade. Once you become president, you can't just go like, "Hey, I want to go down to Starbucks right quick and get some coffee." Like, no, there's like 800 people I have to go with you, asshole. You're not going anywhere. Somebody will. He wants to you. fight. He wants For to sure. fight. I really think he wants well, to fight. And uh, and even if he loses this fight, um, I still think you'll see him once more before the year is mm-hmm. out. I think the question. That is really interesting, though, is that if he beats Dustin Poirier, does he want to chase that Charles Oliveira fight and, and chase the undisputed title uh, in three months or Why so? Why not? Right? I mean, you got to. If you if that's your goal, you got to do it. Yeah, right? no, and I think he would. Um, well, let's know? get back to this card. Yeah, uh, yeah. who's the third card? Who, who do we got? Price Nico Price and, Price, uh, Pereira, and right? Pereira. So you'll know Pereira. He has all those highlights of him just kind of doing like backflips on the guys and shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ross. Me, look, I'm, I'm still at the bar during this one. I'm I'm peeking in. This is gonna like, be I'm, a good I'm looking over, but I'm still at the bar. So um, you're not inside the T-Mobile Arena for Nico Price and Michelle. Price. I'm in the, I'm I'm in the arena. Okay, but I'm sure. I'm in I that understand. I'm at that private bar and I'm yeah, I'm yeah. kind of peeking over of like, oh hey, <laughs> what what's that guy's name? Yeah 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 yeah. Uh, but it's a du- I said a double Tito's and soda. <laughs> so right. we got the it's two shots, right? It's okay. a shame. Right up and down the escalator, right there. I don't know why. Yep. This is yep. going to be hey. a banger. Like he holds Ross. a balloon. going to be fun. Up and down the yeah, yeah. Because right now I'm still kind of looking for Drake during this fight. I I'm get like, it. I get did it. he come in? Is he wearing Kanye's new Gap blue jacket? Like, because that's a fun flirty thing. Probably. But it's like 110 in Vegas. Like, I want to know that. Maybe that's why these guys are here, obviously. Yeah. And then I, I kind of slide down for who I know. I Maybe Kanye shows up with Drake with a new pair of Yeezys, right? Uh, maybe maybe Trump walks in with a new pair of Yeezys on. Yeah. How funny would that be? Jesus Christ. Can we just start having fun for fuck's sake? <laughs> hey, I think that's Jesus the whole Christ. point of this weekend, Dan. Yeah. It is. I, I don't know. Yeah. It really like, but this is a fun card. This is yeah. the funnest a in, a, in, a, in a long time where it's like everybody else's serious shame is we've got no belts on the line no. tomorrow well, night. Dude, it's I'm, just, come, I'm walking in here. I'm getting I'm getting questions about Dracus Duplessis. You know, mm-hmm. I'll do 30 media hits this week. I can assure you, you guys are the only one asking me about the South <laughs> well, African. So that's good. Um, yeah. But yeah. the only reason I ask is because because this matchup between mm-hmm. Nico Price and Michelle Pereira is you should go to your seat for this yes. one and then you can go back to the bar. Fireworks. Okay. Total fucking chaos. Bro. All right. Like, I'm in. If you say, a- if you say it, John, I'm uh, in. Well, I'm in, the dude. That you want. This is the guys throwing right. all sorts of kind of haymakers, flying knees, kicks, okay. spinning back kicks to the head. Okay. Pereira's going to jump off of the fucking cage at some point. Like, yeah. Which is that technically illegal? <laughs> no. No. It's illegal to grab onto the cage, but not to use it to propel yourself. So far as I know. Yeah, I mean, you can kick From the top you. of it? Like five-star frog splash yeah. somebody kind of off the cage? Oh, I don't think he's like, going to... It's, like, it's like an Andy Pettis combo. <laughs> like, he does one, it's, a, it's a three-step run-up. No, he's right, not. it would have to be in motion. But yeah, I but yeah. Anthony Pettis ran up the side of the cage and kicked a guy in the face. Which, so by the way... The between that and jumping Pettis, off the top? Pettis right? has not been on the best of runs since he no, came on our show. No, we, we probably shouldn't have interviewed him. The curse of our show, I guess. But it's interesting. Well, here's the thing, right? So, like, Nico Price... 
he stopped smoking weed because he, you know, he got suspended for marijuana, which is no longer a thing, thankfully, Thank right? But well, he got the suspended. Olympics, That's yeah. fucking so stupid. Anyways, we're not so Nico got suspended, and uh, if you take him at his word, uh, he's no longer spending money on weed. He feels like it's helped his cardio a little bit, and uh, he's in the best shape of his life. And the layoff that was sort of suspension induced has really helped him, right? Like, there's so much fighter speak that happens before these fights. It just depends how much you want to buy into it. I think Pereira deserves the distinction as the favorite. I think he has more ways to win. I think he has proven that he is uh, willing to be patient and wants to prove that he can really contend. Um, so, but I just don't know what version of Nico Price you're going to get. That's the thing. So, um, well, the beauty, this one would give me pause to, to wager. The beauty of the weed comments is uh, you had two people smoking immediately side, after yeah. you said it. We're basically. Um, I love it. Both of these guys yeah. smoking weed, and it's it's certainly not enhancing their performance <laughs> so why would it for a ufc fighter you know what i'm yeah. saying so i'm glad that that's out of the sport who are you taking in this one Giorgio? oh man uh, i want to say nico price like honestly i think michael Pereira does have more ways to win i think he is like the f- uh, it's, it's hard to say the flashier of the two but as far as like his fighting styles a little bit the flashier of right. the two um but if like there's just like kind of come up like after you go through this, like you get into the UFC, you have some success, you have some failures, you hit a hard wall like this. If, if you really do take the time to reflect and like it, it's, it relieves a dangerous fighter. It, it brings out someone who, who really could find the best in themselves or find themselves at the end of their career. And, you know, I think he stays around a little bit longer. Hmm. I think I think this gets gets him on track here. What about you, Daco Dan? What do you got? I'm on Nico Price plus 130. Give me that juice. All right. Just give me, I mean, I like taking. We got to get moving here. Next yeah, up, we is really Carlos do. Condit, Max Griffin. I don't know either one of these people. You don't know Carlos Condit? No. Come on, Dan. You don't know who that is. Yeah. I have no idea. Mongolian you're, fighter. You're ordering. No, <laughs> Mongolian <laughs> fighter. You're, you're leading the competition. Loved right his now. early work. Loved his early work. Condit. Now I'm back at the bar again, John. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah the second well, double that's okay. So yeah. At that point. Uh, who who do we got here, John? So a lot of people like Carlos Condit in the plus 150 range. I don't know where he is at DraftKings Sportsbook right now. He's Just higher, given actually. his current form, uh, he's won a couple fights in a row after an extended losing streak. Condit hasn't finished someone since Thiago Alves in 2015. He told us this week that uh, he's never had a submission win in the UFC, and he seems keen on trying to uh, change that. Um, but Max Griffin is the younger man at 35, and... Uh, is in a very primal confidence state. He's Max Griffin is fucking killing sparring partners, one after the next, two successive training camps. Uh, I would say Griffin is closer to his fighting prime, but uh, don't fade the natural-born killer or do so at your own peril. What do you guys think? I don't know who either one of these guys <laughs> I are, love but it. I trust your opinion. I mean, if you're saying the guy's got the fire in his eyes, that's... People that have been around the sport a lot, that's why a lot of the analytics have gotten in the way in some of these sports, right? Because sometimes a coach or manager just knows what the, what the right thing to do is. Absolutely true. So when somebody like you that's been around the sport for this long says something like that, I'm probably going to put my money on him. So you're going to owe me money if I lose. That's right. what I'm yeah, what about at. you, Delco Dan? Who do you got? Well, Condit's coming off that win against Matt Brown. He's riding a little momentum. and I'm, I'm going to pick with my heart. I'm going to go Condit. Condit wins in the third. I How think, about I, the boys back in the dogs? I, I, I like think, this. I think, I think he gets tested. He probably loses the first round. Might even lose the second and, and wins, and like it's probably a, a, a TKO stoppage in the third. I think. I think he like finds some heart, finds some juice there in the third. Maybe, maybe, the crowd, maybe the crowd brings it to him. Like the age difference isn't enough to where you'd really see like a super athletic difference. You know, thirty five and thirty seven, and Condon just has that like that street smarts, that IQ. That I feel like 
I think there's going to be some energy in the air that, that brings him out in the third. How many yeah. rounds is this fight, by the way? Three. Three rounds. Okay, great. Yeah. So I, I can at least count on probably 30 at that bar. Uh, yep. Like 30, yeah. 30, 35 minutes at that yeah. bar. Yeah. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Who do we got up next, George? Just me when you get to your goddamn seat. So I will. Yeah. I will. Seriously. Well, yeah. next we got <laughs> the main card. Now. Well, now main we're on the main card. Yeah. <laughs> so this is uh, Sean O'Malley and uh, Chris. Mitchell. Not missing this. You know nope. why? Superstar. Rainbow hair. I'm all in, dude. I will watch him fight my fucking grandmother, and she died four yeah. months ago. You're gonna fade. She did. Wait, you're second gonna, COVID shot sorry. got her. You're gonna fade the uh, the yeah. Boston painter, the guy that quit his job so he could take this fight. Yep. Yeah. Don't care. Don't Plus care. Yeah, not every not everybody can do that. So when I see someone of your acumen sort of roll your eyes at the Sean O'Malley stuff, I'm curious <laughs> yeah, not because sugar of anything Sean. about Sean O'Malley. I like Sean O'Malley as a fighter. Uh, we can get to that last performance here in a minute, but sp- traditionally I'm a really big fan of Sean O'Malley. That eye roll and that big like sigh for me is what gets him to like people. Yeah. Yeah, he likes Deion Sanders and Ricky Henderson. Yep. Two favorite players of all time. Yeah. That'll tell you everything about my life right there in it's, sports. It's like, it's like you should like Sean for the fact that he's doing spinning back kicks to the head. Love all that. But I also very- love the hair, the attitude, him yeah. fucking around with Jake Paul. Yeah. They were holding a baby alligator. He's spending the other too much time on, with on the Paul brothers. Too much time. Now, you know, it's, it's, it is a slippery slope. You know, it's you have to stay focused. You have to manage your time correctly. You know, he does have a big boost because of his personality and because of his social mm. media. He's a fan in Ross already. Yeah. A diehard fan in Ross already. Yeah. And, you know, he's barely I don't say barely a main card fighter, but, you know, he's he's just now coming into his uh, UFC you know, prime. What yeah. might, might we say? Yeah. Um, I'd like to see him go all the way to the top. Mm. Um, I'd like to. That's see the kind him. of guy you want at the top. Yes. Right? Yeah. And I'm sure yeah. Dana wants that. I'm sure yeah. you want it, John. He's going for the highlights. Oh, no. Well, I think he's the total package, and I think you would appreciate all the things that I love him for. Right? Just the love for grappling. Right? The appetite for training. He has this unbelievable inner circle uh, and works his fucking ass off. You know. He thinks he has the skills right now to be top five. And I can't sit here and tell you that he doesn't. Like, obviously, the durability has been called into question. But uh, as great as he is on the feet, he's a very willing grappler. And um, I don't know. I guess I'm just getting impatient to see him get tested against uh, top 15 yeah, competition. Yeah, we got to get him against somebody. That's... Well, he, he's super creative with his grappling. Yeah. And he's just always trying to you elevate You say that the every game. time he fights. Like, he's doing shit that he didn't do, that he hasn't even done his career yet. He's doing stuff right now that you've never seen him do. No, no. And you can see the the love for what he's doing yeah. out there, and I think I think you see amazing performances when you're not scared. You're out there having fun. You feel at home inside the cage. Like there's no place you'd you'd rather be. Like that's where you really see the best uh, right. example of mixed martial arts. Um, They're definitely slow playing this though. Ever I, since the uh, Cheeto verify, I want to see him get tested. He hasn't like he hasn't started his MMA journey yet against the top guys mm. in the division. Like he he could have a rise and a fall and a rise again. You know, and like, I think it's because of the Cheeto verify though. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, uh, but O'Malley. he's definitely going to win this fight, right? And he's also a good example of why a one in the last column is not like that shouldn't be poison to somebody's career. I'm scared here, and the reason Dan put put a bet down on his opponent is yeah, because I did. The walk-off knockouts that he tried in his last fight. Like, how did you feel about those? You know, the, he's not he, following through. On ne- definitely combos, not. Yeah. He was, you know, he he's not having the ref pull him off him. He's looking for that highlight reel. He's looking for that photo op directly afterwards. Like twice. You know, yeah. against a dangerous fighter, is that going to cost him? You know, f- to reaching his full potential. 
I thought that was, situation was a little bit overblown in the Thomas Almeida fight. I know some of our producers in the truck were like, what is he doing? And I was like, just fucking chill out, guys. Jesus, you know. Um, but I do think that these are all things worth bringing up. Mm. You know, I don't mean to, to totally discount that. Um, but a lot of it has to do with money, right? And I think for Sean O'Malley, uh, if he's going to be fighting top 15 guys, then he wants to make six figures to show. And if mm. he's going to be make 50 or 60 grand to show, then, uh, then he'll fight Louis Smolka or a late replacement. But I will give him credit because he accepted a fight against Ricky Simone. And then Ricky Simone, who is an offensive juggernaut, outstanding wrestler, good striker, uh, wasn't able to make weight. So that would have been a great challenge for Sean this weekend. And not to say that, you know, the Massachusetts guy, right? I should be supporting this Chris Mutino out of Massachusetts, Milford High School. But uh, Two straight wins. Yeah, I mean, you know, but also I just, I just he's think He's two and two in his last four. Right, two and two on the regional scene in his last four. He also it's doesn't just have hard a picture to... on, his, uh, on his ESPN Hey, no so if you need some, uh, some, he looks like the uh, Jared Leto's version Maybe of the Joker with, with his like green hair yeah, slicked back. He does. Uh, right. Well, I mean, look, any shot that he wins as a kid, I, I went to a Holyfield fight. Last minute replacement was Burt Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a child in Atlanta, Georgia. My father took me. Burt Cooper knocked Holyfield down for the first time in his career and almost lost that fight. There was a weird count, is all I'll say, towards the end of that round. And it was like, man, he could have gone down any shot in the world. This Boston kid ends up fucking doing it. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly game. He certainly was unfazed in our fighter meeting setting. And a lot of people, you see Daniel Cormier, he totally unfazed he's been doing this for 10 years he's been traveling the world going to different gyms sharpening his skills so i don't think he'll be phased by the atmosphere i think the opponent's more more the issue all right who all do we right, got next all right. rapid fire time because we got time left yep. no disrespect for these but two also fighters. i'm gonna take re- plus 550 uh i'm fading yeah he did it. I, I, I watched him do it he bet on the boston kid yeah why not that's you know, but real flyer. money playing with house money let's go well <laughs> John understands you're a junkie, Dan. Continuing with the card. Uh, Aureen Aldana versus Yana Kunitskaya. Yeah, I mean, we'll call him Irene Aldana and Yana Kunitskaya on the broadcast, but I... I'm just kidding. Best in the biz! Um, no, I mean, it's a very close fight. Uh, Aldana had a ton of momentum, came up short, obviously, in a main event setting against Holly Holm mm-hmm. her last time out. You know, I remember when women's MMA was in its infancy, I always used to say, just give me the meaner fighter. Mm -hmm. And Yana Kunitska is fucking mean, man. You know, so I'm excited. All the sharps I've talked to are on the Aldana side. I'm not so sure, man. I'm not so sure. All right. No, a family that trains together stays together. That's right. Yeah. All right. So Greg Hardy's fighting again. There it is. Uh, Wait, in in the ring or at home? Yeah, uh, either way. Okay. Uh, he's he's got a bit of Nailed a niche it. advantage. They're about the same size, otherwise. Uh, and I don't know much about the other guy. Did, did he, Is he fighting Trevor Bauer? No, it's because uh, uh, that would be Ty a great Tuivasa? one. He's tied to Ivasa. Ivasa. Oh, to Ivasa. Yeah, of course. Um, I'll just tell you about our fighter meeting with Greg Hardy. You know, we go at him fairly hard on the cardio stuff, right? He Ooh. has hit a wall now mm-hmm. in several fights, and uh, he hasn't been able to break through that wall. And when he was in the NFL, he was never the money guy on the defensive line, mm-hmm. so he would sometimes show up to training camp. They'd want him at 265, mm-hmm. other times 315. Right. He's trying to not walk around at 320 anymore. He's trying to walk around at 275, making it an easier cut down to 266. He has had six months of developmental time to work on some of the nuances for the grappling. He feels like he's making mistakes because he's tired and he just hasn't. He's a rookie. Like He's so classy and respectful with us in this setting, right? He's been a pro for, you could speak to this, he's been a pro for three years, yeah. you know? Like he's just he, getting it, it, started. 
Yes, but you've been a pro for three years. Your cardio needs to be there for a three-round fight by now, especially as a former professional athlete and like understanding like understanding who to talk to about your sports performance, how to get your body weight down, where to put that muscle, where to carry stuff. You've Mm. been used to having the best trainers on the planet. Yeah. Three years is enough time you should have this figured out. Well, I guess now. we'll see tonight. Like why right? why don't Saturday? Like why Saturday. is like why is your weight fluctuating like right. that? You know, why why aren't you a little bit more committed there? Like, you know, is it, you know, you're too high on the lifestyle? Are you not committed to your diet? Or is it just, you know, you think you're doing the right things, you're not quite focused outside, but you know, I yeah. I, you give that man three fresh rounds and he is dangerous. No doubt, man. No even, doubt. Even even two fresh rounds, right? It's gonna be hard to beat. Because it's just a constant he's a constantly well, he's not going to make mistakes if yeah. he's not tired he's not going to like he's going to like especially that defensive that we talked about earlier you know you're fresh in this as a striker you know he's going to defend more takedowns if he's not tired he's going to be able to get off his back if he gets taken down if he is if he isn't tired i think he loses and yep. i think this is his last fight i always bet against wow. Greg Hardy. i can guarantee you it won't be his last fight you don't think so no he's, he's in it he's in it i mean he has adopted the martial arts lifestyle to your point to whatever degree mm-hmm. um but, uh, oh, that's not a knock against him. No, I'm just I saying, mean, you know. well, he just was sort of bemoaning to us like that, you know, like by the time he gets home from a fight that he's weighed in at 266 mm. for, he's like fucking 295, you know, it's just, it's just, okay, you know, I should be the cap then. Well, I agree. But of he's got to stand and that's yeah. one. He agrees with you. And then as, you, as your manager, you know? as your trainer, you're like, okay, now what are you the day well, after? When no we're doubt. Home, call me in the yeah. morning. Right. What are you stepping on the scale? Right. Well, we'll see if he wins this fight. I want to see what kind of shape he's in. I want to see if he's bouncing around before the fight or if he's, he has a tendency to kind of pace instead of bounce. If he's bouncing. I'm going to fucking uh, probably take the live line. About I'm going to live line this yeah. as well. Who do you yeah. got, Georgia? Uh, I uh, I got a tie. tie. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Delco. Yeah, he's getting knocked cold. Fuck Greg Hardy. <laughs> yeah. Bam, bam, bam's, bam Bam's knocked him out. All right. So Gilbert Burns, Stephen Thompson. This is a big one. Two good fighters. Wonder fight. boy. As I sit here talking to you guys, most of the sharps that I have talked to, and I'm talking 80 or 90% are on Ty Tuivasa and Steven Wonderboy Thompson. So, um, you know, use that for whatever it's worth. I mean, Gilbert Dorino Burns, I know him very well. We have the same sort of strength and conditioning coaches down in South Florida, and there's no harder worker than that guy. He's world-class when it comes to his Brazilian jiu-jitsu, a ton of power on the feet. Uh, I just think it's so hard to close the distance. And and the clock It's a lot of just, distance, too. Just is working against you. You're fighting Stephen Wonderboy Thompson in a 30 foot octagon where he can just be on the outside doing his thing. I just, I, I think it's really hard on the feet. I think Gilbert needs to uh, pursue a floor fight at all costs. Uh, I agree with that 100%. The biggest take, I not even say the biggest takeaway, the thing that like sways me the most in this fight is that Gilbert lost uh, that grappling match and the who's number one on flow grappling mm. uh, right after the Camaro fight. Yep. So I expect him to come back and like really transition hard competing again, you know, competing in multiple sports and like get a good win. And like, I don't know if getting comfortable losing, but like, yeah, in the 30 foot octagon, I see Steven picking him apart. You know, the, the only thing against Steven that I have is maybe he's possibly transitioning to his post fight career a little early. He's, he's very popular on social media he has a huge mm. YouTube channel. He has a podcast, you know, he's doing all the right things for his post fight. You know, does that take one foot out of your mm. training? Does that take a little bit of your focus away where, you know, Gilbert is an animal and right. if he catches right. you, you know, he is, a, he's a pit bull. He's not letting go. What do you got? Uh, Thompson's at minus one fifty five here. Uh, Look, you what know, you, you what know about, I love it. What about a finish in round three? What's that look like? You know I love the sex. I'm going yes. with Wonder Boy. Of course you are. I'm going, I mean, that's, 
on a weekend like this for a guy like me, yes, dude, I go with the the people that I love. I'm gonna take Thompson. I'm, uh, I'm going Wonderboy in third. All right. Uh, let's yeah. see here. It's over under. Time. Over under is two and a half yeah. in this one. Um, which is a little surprising. Uh, and as far as rounds go, uh, Thompson by KO uh, plus 300. Uh, a TKO or a DQ. Thompson by submission plus 2200. Ha. Yeah, no. That is not a chance. Monstrous. I mean, that would be surprising. Thompson <laughs> by decision or technical decision is plus 160. Clearly, that's where Vegas is is uh, yeah. putting their bread and butter. I mean, both guys... To us, understand the value of a finish because Leon Edwards and Colby Covington, in theory, have the inner track to a title fight. Mm. And I think for Wonderboy in particular, he knows that uh, if he can knock Gilbert Burns out and then get a microphone in his face, he's got a great chance to fight Usman. But if you win a decision and it's a little bit lackluster um, and Connor's in the wings, you know, yep. trying to spin things forward, you know, finish would be useful for both guys. I yeah, agree. yeah. He, he needs this. And then I think he, I don't know if he fights. Usman next, but I think he has a claim to the next mm. fight. Right. Shot, I so. actually, I'm going to say Wonderboy knocks out Burns first round, wow. gets on the mic, and then hops Colby. He gets the title shot. How about next. that? It's a hot tip. I like it. Yeah. We, we got one We got one fight left. I can't remember who's fighting, though. Do you guys know who it is? I, you know, when John said Drake was coming out uh, in <laughs> a wheelchair, I was, yeah. uh, look, I, I'm all in, obviously. Right. Uh, it's McGregor uh, versus Dustin. Again, this is all hard on this one because for me personally, and that's, look, I come out for the big shit. Yes. I come out for the sexy yeah. shit. I wasn't in Arizona. Right. We sent them to Arizona. Like, hey, have fun. You guys are the MMA, the real MMA guys. Uh, I'm the casual in the fucking chat room that's like, all right, great. I know about the big boys and that's yeah, it. That's right. But with this one, he's my favorite. Like, this is my dude. Like, Connor is my guy. I want to see him win. Therefore, I cannot bet against him. The shocking thing to me in this, because it's pretty close, it's minus 110 for Connor, uh, minus 120 for Poirier, is the over-under is one and a half in this fight. So that means you think it's going to be over real quick. What's the price on that one and a half? Do we even know yeah. if there's yes, a price on it? Minus 210 um, yeah. for the over of one and a half. Uh, so it, odds are shitty. Under one and a half, though, is plus 170. Now, look. I'm also going to take some rounds and sprinkle. Of course, sure. Two and three for Poirier, because yep. I think that's where the real money is. On this type of shit, is not enough money for me, but I'm going to bet on McGregor out of the kindness of my heart, the kindness obviously. Of your hat. I got a lot of it. Mm. Um, but with that, uh, I just think personally, even though I love him and I'm, I'm going to throw a little money on him, sprinkle on, on Poirier, you can't train on a yacht anymore. Uh, it, you look great on Instagram because you're always in the sun. You got, yeah. He's got a great tan now. Best Irishman with a tan of all time. Yeah. But I don't think you can train on a yacht. I think he's too rich. That deal was $600 million for the fucking whiskey. You don't want to get punched in the face anymore. I think this could be right around that one and a half for Poirier, to be honest with you. That's why I've got money on two and three for Poirier. There are so many layers to this. I mean, at this point, of the week, it's like I'm almost more interested in your takes than my own, right? Because I've sort of trotted them out so often. But mm -hmm. I really do believe that Connor loves this shit. Maybe not quite as much as Dustin does, but he really is back because he loves to compete and to prove himself mm -hmm. against the best fighters in the world. From a betting perspective, you're always told to sort of focus on the number and not the fighter. So when I saw Connor McGregor at plus money, 
uh, in a matchup that in theory is pretty favorable at plus 108. Mm-hmm. I mean, that looks pretty juicy to me. That's not a prediction for you. Um, but I can understand why people would see value at Connor when you were paying minus 270 for him in January. And now you're getting yep, him yeah. at yep. minus 110 or plus 108. It's going to be um, very tempting for a lot of people to take Connor plus money for the first time. You'll never get a better price. When's the last time yeah. that happened? I guess could be even then before that it would have been before he won a title. Right. Right. So. But the thing with Poirier is that he's just he's one of the greatest executors in MMA history, right? His ability to uh, to just adapt and adjust and to do what his coaches want him to do. He has so many different ways to beat you. Uh, and he just takes what the fight gives him. Uh, he's so calm in the chaos and he's never been more confident than he is right now. Mm. So. As much as I see value on Connor, there's no fucking way after what we saw in January that I would walk to the window mm-hmm. and bet against Dustin Poirier this weekend. So for me, it's a layoff. Maybe I would play a round prop or mm. uh, over under on a round prop, but I'm not taking a side on this fight. I'm not. It's two there be- other bet- bet- much better betting opportunities on this card than this main event. I agree, and, and that's why I take the rounds. So a guy like me sprinkles, right? So I'll put 200 on McGregor just to do it. Like you said, you're not going to get a price like this from McGregor. Great. And then the odds really bump up if you're picking the rounds right. for Poirier and I think it's two and three is where I've told everybody to put their money at Giorgio what about you uh I know I'll, we'll keep this going so I know Anna's got to roll real quick how many more years do you think that we have Conor McGregor in the UFC if we take him at his word this week it's very encouraging for the UFC that he'll be around for some time you know he keeps talking about how young he is and what do you guys think he's going to do once this podcast grows, it matures. It's amazing. In 2023, are we going to a Vegas Conor McGregor fight? Oh, I think so. Absolutely. In 2023, really, we yes, are going to see I Conor really McGregor. do believe that. Um, and, you know, a lot of people have said to me at times, like, if you win the lottery, would you do this? Right. And I would honor my contract, but I would not continue to do this. Okay. Like, my <laughs> ego is not big enough to stick around. Do we see Conor McGregor with a championship belt around his waist again? Before he, I, before I, he retires. I wish I could answer you on Sunday morning um, because for me to sit here and say no suggests that he's losing Saturday. So as I, as the he, guy who has to call the fight, I don't feel comfortable answering that question. Mm, okay, okay. You made him uncomfortable. Thanks a lot. I'll, ah, I'll, I'll go bolder. Fuck it. Uh, you know me, dude. I'll always go fucking bolder. Yeah, you're going to say yes. I think no. I, I think he loses this fight. I think he's probably done after this. Even though I look, I love him when I'm gonna put some money on him just to do it because I want to be there for the last kind of tip of the cap, sure, uh, type of thing. Um, and then I think he ends up fighting like Jake Paul. I think uh, Jake Paul beats Woodley, um, no lie. And then I think they right. he sets up that dream fight of McGregor versus Jake Paul, mm-hmm. and I think that is next. And I think he loses in round two on Saturday night and is done at that point. It'll be what four losses in a row, uh, yes. But do you have an opinion on Jake Paul Woodley before you leave? Well, I think Jake Paul works harder than a lot of professional fighters out there. I you know? um, so I will lead hard. with that. And uh, I do look forward to the time that uh, that Jake Paul um, challenges himself against, you know, boxers. I mean, Tyron Woodley is a wrestler, but obviously he's a, a very good boxer. Mm. He's not Jorge Masvidal. He's not Dustin Poirier. Right. I like the he's pr- power. Yeah, I mean, I like the progression for Jake Paul uh, because the Ben Askren fight was just a joke, you know? Yeah, yeah, One of the easiest money-making opportunities on Jake Paul in the yes, world. But yes. he didn't make um, the money, so... If it's if it's stupid and as it works, is it really stupid? It's right? not, man. And I, I I put a lot of fucking money on it. I put $1,000 on that fight. Yeah. Good. No, I'm just suggesting those who sort of gave Ben Askren a chance. I don't have to tell Giorgio. I mean... Yeah, look at his hair. Of, Why do you think my hair is just Look at his hair. I mean, 
I lost a thousand dollars and dyed my hair. And yeah, he, that's man. why. I was college wrestling teammates with Ben. Oh, there it is. You disappointed but, John. But you also know that he's with respect. Ben Ashton's one of my favorite people out there, but he's literally <laughs> one of the worst ten strikers. No, in no, the no I, I, I understand that, but I've watched the guy box like in the basement, and I really thought Jake Paul was that bad. Yeah, I, th- so, I, th- I thought he could tie him up. I thought he would at least like be fun about it, like bully him in a way, like use his age. Like I, don't, I thought he would clinch right away and mush his face, like he was doing, or put him in the corner. Like I didn't think he would he actually like, try to jab and circle with him. He got his hip replaced six months ago. He's I mean, like, good. John, I I John, say what you really want to say, John. Go ahead. No, I mean, I understand Ben Ashkin making money all is well and good, but yeah. literally um, he didn't devote the time to his striking, his mixed martial arts no, he, career. Well, he's he got to make time for the disc golf. Yeah, he does a hell of a disc golf player. But no, I mean, there are hundreds of athletes on that roster um, that would have had a much better chance than Ashkin. You know, Dustin Poirier wins Saturday. He goes on to fight somebody else. McGregor wins. I feel like that is an earth-moving event in the UFC. Oh, yeah. What happens if McGregor wins? What does it look like six months and a year from now if McGregor wins? I want to know. Winner gets a title shot. Yeah. Well, that I think goes without saying, and I can tell you guys Charles Oliveira is going to be in the building and may be heard from potentially depending on how uh, how things play out. Uh, but again, I, Conor McGregor sits down with Stephen A. Smith this week and talks like a man who wants to turn around and fight in three months. So do I take him at his word? You know, I when people told me he was never coming back after Mayweather, I insisted he would be back for legacy, you know, and and that's what's next why for Michael back. Chandler, or Justin Gagey. Yes. <laughs> okay, thank you. That sounds, That's all I need. That's all I need. Those thank two you. Dudes I thank you. To fight, that sounds you. Uh, very, very plausible. Thank Georgia. you. That's all I needed. Okay. I want, uh, that's, that's definitely a fight I want to see. It's two, I don't want to say meatheads. Say oh, no, it. Can you, Daniel? It's we'll two Kyles, dude. Yeah. It's it's monster yeah. energy and drywall. Yeah, I want to see that fight. More, so much disrespect right now. I was surprised, by the way, since you yeah. brought up Stephen A. Smith, that, yeah. that ESPN added him, uh, seeing as, as the back history with him and Rogan going back and forth. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I a, it's, it's, it's wild, but, but again, a McGregor, a lot of people, he doesn't really, Stephen A's beefs usually go away after a while. He doesn't really maintain it. Well, and you know, his, certainly his statements about Cowboy Cerrone sort of offended a lot of the MMA masses, mm. but his comments, however insensitive have aged well, given what Cerrone mm. has done in the yep. octagon. But I'm on the totally other side of the Stephen A Smith thing, because I look at the reporter from the Philadelphia Inquirer who was covering boxing when I was right, who has mm. covered combat sports and has 30 years in journalism. And you have all these other journalists and the fan base wanting to denigrate his every move. He's not a mixed martial arts expert, but he's continuously putting over our broadcast team and talking about how much he enjoys watching the fights. He's just trying to like embrace it, and he gets slapped in the fucking face every step of the way. So uh, maybe you wouldn't supr- be supr- maybe you'd be surprised to, to have me be defending him, but I just can't believe all the venom that's out there. He shouldn't have hit pads, okay? But I love it, and I I love that it it exists in this world because now you're gonna watch all the shit. Right, pre-fight right, too right. where you're like yeah. all right great man like why wouldn't you this is look drama people like drama yes it's the, great the drama it may- in the desert that's my lead yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's is that your lead no it may be though i'm trying to work that word you gotta see, you gotta get the wheelchair I, the lead ah, with that yeah. dude lead with that lead with the De- degrassi reference and then wheelchair, see how the night Jimmy's goes in the house everybody. yeah uh, you're gonna be in my fucking head now when i'm doing this pay-per-view open. oh dude it's just i can even tell you the song he's coming out to hey whoa well, it sounds like all the other ones. every single song he does yeah. every single song he does wheelchair jimmy's gonna be there Chappelle's gonna be there trump is going to be there 
Weirdest night of celebrities ever at a you UFC fight. A cigarette. MGK. Machine Gun Kelly. The Kardashians are going to yep, be there. Yep. They are confirmed. Wildest crowd ever at a UFC event. I mean, can you? I, I can't remember a crowd like Maybe this. Maybe that New York no. Connor fight. Yeah. Maybe. Mm. But to be honest, celebrities show up more in LA than New York, anyways, right? Yeah. Well, we're I mean, in Vegas. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Like West Coast show celebrities. Oh, yes, show yes, more yes. Out here. So maybe, maybe this is it. Shit. I've never heard Dana say what he said about the celebrities before this fight in terms of uh, the A listers wanting to be mm. here. So uh, I'm hoping Tom Brady can fit it in his schedule. You, you know? took a picture with Tom last time. I, well, yes, I did. Well, yeah, two times ago. The last time I just. Little fist bump was good enough for me. You know. <laughs> well, Tom's gonna fly in from Wyoming, so greatest athlete of all time. Tom Brady? No, I mean, I mean, he's the he's the goat, but he's not not in an football. Athlete, right? yeah, 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 yeah. No, you heard it here. John yeah. X says Tom Brady yeah. is greatest, not greatest, greatest no. franchise. He's the greatest franchise of all time. That's what the guy uh, Ryan Howard from ESPN said. I agree with that. Yes, and congratulations to you. I know you were rooting for him uh, down in Tampa Bay. And yeah, uh, I mean, not with every ounce of me, but uh, did you bet on that game? My, I did. I bet heavy on Tom. Yeah, so did I. Really? You bet on Tom? Yep. Is that the first time you've ever? Because you usually bet against yeah. the hedge, right? My heart wasn't as invested with the Bucks, so mm. I was able to separate myself from it. <laughs> it but, makes some uh, money. <laughs> man, there was a lot of money to be made on them in oh, that yeah. in that postseason. I had five K on that game. We went live for it, that and uh, yeah, I was, yeah, I was the only one to pick it. Yeah, uh, we should run the show that day. Picked it too, right? Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. That's right. Too. But he doesn't um, watch football. No. John, John was supposed to be out of here eight minutes ago, so I feel terrible. Oh, yeah, let's, we'll keep going yeah, so let's just we'll, round we'll, it we'll up. We'll keep going and talk this Connor fight a little bit more, but uh, anything else from John so we can let him? Why don't we just late? make official picks for Connor and wrap it up? Yeah, yeah. yeah. who do you got? Connor McGregor. We're over an hour. Um, for the sake of mixed martial arts and this universe <laughs> and this path, I think Dustin wins. He gets a shot at Charles, and then we see you know who's number one right now. Okay. I got Poirier in too. Yeah, of course you do. I got Poirier in too, but I'm, I'm going to look. I have to put money on Connor, but I got Poirier in too. Who do you got? Uh, I'm going to sprinkle Poirier two and three, but I think I, I'm going to I'm going to bet Connor to win in the second as well. Okay. And if he wins, it's going to be then. Oh, dude. And that place will go bug yeah. fuck. But what about you, Delco Dan? Nah. Dustin's going to take his back and submit him. Dustin by submission, 7200. Oh, it's like plus, no. 701. Plus seven. It's like plus 700. And it's not the the craziest bet out there. Not at all. If you got a free hunter to throw, Connor McTappen. Connor turns after getting punched a few times, rocks. Yeah, it's it's plausible. And Connor would much rather be submitted than knocked out. Yep. All the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Too rich. Too rich, kids. Uh, John, tell everybody where they can find you. Oh, well, it's great to be with you guys. This always makes the pay-per-view week special, so thanks for dragging me out here. Um, we do the Anakin Florian podcast every Monday, so we'll be recapping UFC 264 and uh, look forward to everybody joining us on pay-per-view this weekend. I would just say you should buy it like early in the day because with these McGregor pay-per-views, you don't want to rely on the mm. technology. It crashes, to, man. You know? turn, it on, turn it on in advance, too. Log into it and turn it on as yeah. soon as you yep. as soon yep. as possible. Yep. Don't, don't wait on ESPN and then switch over. Have them both on. Yeah. Uh, look, we greatly appreciate it again. Best in the biz, in my opinion. My and I, I think you could translate to every sport. Um, and well, I thanks. didn't really start to notice until we became friends a few years ago. And then when I watched that Monday night team on ESPN, I'm like, man, there's no reason he couldn't just flop over to Monday my night man. football as I well. You can tell that. when yeah. people do the homework and when they don't, to be honest. I mean, you've got natural talent too, but you clearly work harder than most people. Well, thanks, man. I, last time I did a football game was 2015. And, uh, you know, that's just much more in my wheelhouse than martial arts, but I have the job I want right now, and hopefully I don't fuck it up this week. Well, you're also over at ESPN, so you're auditioning every single Saturday night, just in case, ESPN, because that Monday night team sucks. Uh, love you.
Love you. John Anik, best in the biz. We appreciate you being here. Uh, Tune in with us. Uh, We will be live from the fight on Saturday night. We were able to get some internet uh, at the Mayweather fight. We're going to try it again inside the arena. T-Mobile's actually a good arena. Yes, yes, they do. For Delco Dan, uh, the real Dan Holloway, John Anik, Papa Giorgio, I'm Ross Patterson. This is the Drinking Bros Sports Podcast. Good night, everyone.